welcome to the Pennsylvania Chamber's All Business Podcast, featuring the perspectives and unique insights of the Commonwealth's most dynamic executives, entrepreneurs, and leaders. My name is Rick Moran, Director of Marketing for the PA Chamber. My guest today is Brad Reinhardt, an HCM Solutions Consultant with iSolved. We had a great conversation today with Brad talking human resources. Um, obviously, one of the most important positions in any company. looks a lot different today than it did just a couple of years ago, and there's a lot of different challenges, but Brad does an awesome job of giving us some real-life examples of uh, what can be done to uh, help companies of all sizes with their human resources. And uh, we're also proud to be partnering with iSolved on a webinar uh, later this month, August 30th, from 11 to 12. The details on that webinar, which is entitled Tools and Emerging Trends for HR Professionals, is available on our website at www.pachamber.org. So with no further ado, here's my conversation today with Brad Reinhardt. Hey, Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you on the All Business Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Rick. I really appreciate you inviting me. Uh, very much so looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about iSolved, what you guys do, where you're located, that sort of thing. Yeah, so... Uh, iSolved, we are an HR payroll analytics technology company. Um, we help companies, uh, you know, whether it's a, a two-person company or an enterprise-level company with thousands of employees, uh, we help them look at some of their functionalities uh, and figure out ways that we can streamline and, and really bring to them a better way of operating through our technology. And we do that in a multitude of ways. We don't pigeonhole ourselves into one particular facet of HR. So we can help, again, from a, uh, from a applicant tracking piece all the way through the employee process to benefit enrollment to analytics around company functionalities and, and even on a predictive analytics piece. So uh, everything in between, uh, we actually put our industry-leading technology in front of companies, and, and a lot of times they can see a ton of value in that to help improve their processes and get their business moving in the right direction. Um, me personally, I am born and raised here in Pennsylvania. I grew up in Montgomery County, lived in Chester County for a little, and back in Montgomery County in the uh, Collegeville area. So, uh, and, and I saw we have a presence all over the state. Um, through not only iSolved employees like myself, uh, there's a, a few dozen of us in multiple facets of the company and, and with multiple responsibilities. But we also do have our network partner team, which are uh, teams and companies that resell iSolved services um, under their own logo. So uh, we impact hundreds of companies across the state. Yeah, that's great. I know here at the PA Chamber, we've got, um, we do several human resource conferences throughout the year. We have a huge network of uh, human resource professionals. I'm in marketing. I know how important human resources is. I don't always understand it. Um, I'm so glad there's folks like you that, uh, that do and uh, that, can, that can teach us all. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And really we live in times right now where it's never been more important to, to have things on the HR and, uh, buttoned up. So why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the trends that are, that you're seeing right now in this ever-changing landscape of, uh, of human resources? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so I like to kind of look at things as a pre-COVID, post-COVID. So, you know, PC, PC, <laughs> if you will. Uh, but 
you know, from the HR side, really, and the HR people who are listening are really going to love this. I'm here to defend you and, and you know, put your honor back in, in front of everybody. Uh, you know, HR sometimes gets a bad rap as the we're here to protect the company and, and all we care about is the company and not the employees. And the the 10 plus years that I've been working with HR, I know that's not the fact. I know there's people. Well, well you guys, them. you guys are Toby from the office. Sure. Yes. Well, well, we work with Toby from the office. We try. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, yes, absolutely. That's a, that's a good analogy. I mean, HR people get a bad rap sometimes again, because sometimes they're looked at as, Hey, they don't care about the employee, but I know that they do. So, um, you know, and, and really some of the trends that I'm seeing right now from the pre COVID era where HR was, Again, looked at as when I have a problem, I'll go to HR or I have a problem with my paycheck. I have to go to HR. Um, What we love to see now is that because of the pandemic and the uh, just immediate adjustment from the way a business operates before to how they operate now, HR has a louder voice in the boardroom. And, And if they don't, they should. So if you're listening and you don't speak up because you are more valuable now than ever, um, really because HR had to take a, a large brunt of a workforce that was in the office five days a week to are they coming in at all? And if they are, how are we making sure that everyone's safe? to now are they going to come back ever again, (laughs) right? You know, a lot of companies really had to put that in motion on the drop of a hat. So that to me, you know, couldn't have been accomplished without a strong HR presence and team. And again, some HR responsibilities fall on people that aren't qualified or aren't certified to be HR people and that's where companies can get themselves into a little bit of risk. And that's why, again, an HR team has to have a bigger presence in the boardroom when decisions are being made for long-term plans. Um, it, it really, you see some companies yeah. that moved very quickly and it's because their team was strong. And what, and what happened was, so those things you mentioned, everybody else went remote. It's not like everything just went back the way it was. Right. <laughs> right. Very much. And, and, you know, even the ones that didn't go full remote that, you know, we had the essential workers that still needed to be in and plans needed to be put in place. How are we going to make sure everyone stays uh, separated? How are we going to deal with the vaccination versus the people who didn't want to get vaccinated? And and you're right. If you didn't have that, it was how are we going to how are we going to bring people back how are we going to make sure that they're working how are we going to you know we don't want to be the babysitter that says hey it didn't move their mouse for five minutes so um (laughs) they're clearly not working and must be watching tv or, or doing other things and then you you have how are we going to balance an employee that has a childcare issue because their daycares or their schools are closed and Again, these are all things that HR has to consider and, and ownership and management and C-level, um, you know, they have to consider as well. But without HR being in there and leading those initiatives, you know, that can that can lead to a mess very quickly. And then we get into to things where 
our employees staying? Are you keeping the right people? And, and then, you know, when we had companies had to downsize and do we have to, uh, do we have to eliminate people and, and which ones do we do? And, and again, all pieces that HR needs to be in that decision-making process. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so interesting because there's also, not a one size fits all, like not, you know, you talk about essential employees versus non-essential. You know, there are people that can easily do their job 100% remote and there's other people that can't. And sometimes, you know, that cannot be looked favorably upon (laughs) one department versus another. So, I mean, how do you go about, you know, balancing that and creating policies for, for something like that? That's, that's a fantastic point. I mean, you know, the, you started, you start to see some of the, uh, the differences between, you know, if somebody is on the manufacturing floor versus somebody who's in the, the front office of a, a, a company. And then you start to go, hey, is this fair? And how are we, we making sure that the, the ones that have the work from home ability or capabilities, and then how do we have the ones that we need to have in the office and making sure there's a fair balance? You know, it, it's, it's never going to be 100% fair. But yeah, I mean, those policies, again, were very much so put together hastily. And yes. if, if, uh, you yes, know, policy if, is if, probably a loose term. Uh, <laughs> true. You're right. You're right. It, it, a, a lot of, it was fly by the seat of their pants with, for a lot of companies for a while. And, and, you know, we, nobody, nobody saw that coming, right? Nobody. Right. So again, HR should take a majority of the uh, the praise when when things got put into place, but it wouldn't be you know if you didn't have strong employee workforce and you didn't have a strong leadership, you know you, you can't ignore them. They they also are deserve some credit. So uh, right. I'll, I'll spread the love a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we talked about where you know where things come from what we have now, like, so there's certain things that are plaguing companies, like finding talent, keeping talent. So mm-hmm. what, are, what are some of the trends and what are, what are some of your, you know, recommendations for um, what HR folks should be doing now as far as workforce is concerned? Yeah. So it, the, the finding talent and, and keeping talent, right. You know, everybody has the, the great recession, the great reshuffle, the great re-engagement, you know, <laughs> reordering, we you know, whatever the, the, the R word you want to use. So, um, it, we see a workforce now that some people aged out, right? We were always pushing towards some of those baby boomers and late Gen Xers to, to start leaving the workforce. The pandemic actually pushed a lot of people towards that. You know what? I'm getting close to retirement. I, I value things different in my life now because we saw what happened and, and how many people lost lives and people who are sick and still sick. So, people made early retirement decisions. Well, obviously when that, when that changes, you know, a workforce is going to, you look at Gen Z and millennials and, and I have to unfortunately say that I'm not, I wouldn't say unfortunate. Uh, I am a late stage millennial in my late thirties. So technically I'm on the millennial side. Same. I've, I've always heard that term millennial and I'm like, I guess I am technically. Millennial. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, luckily, you know, some of the heat's coming off of us millennials and starting to go on. Yeah. The yeah so it's, it's finally shifted. So, <laughs> but, but the, you know, that workforce really, really looks at, uh, at work differently. Um, they grew up with the internet. They grew up with information and the ability to do things at, 
in their computers that are in their pockets, right? Their cell yep. phone. And, uh, you know, some of that, again, the baby boomer Gen Z workforce grew up, you go to work, you work hard, you work 40 hours a week. If, if not, it's overtime. And then you save for retirement and you're happy. And that's, that's that. It, it, people look at work differently. What is my company doing for me? What is my company doing for the environment, for my community? And then what, what kind of benefits do I get as an employee? Because employees are starting to realize I have a bit more of that uh, power, if you will, because, yeah. you know, they are in demand more so right now. And again, the economy, we know, you know, the news that came out this morning, maybe we're in a recession, maybe we're not. Who, mm-hmm. How do you define recession anymore? <laughs> so, right. um, you know, those are all things that, that can shift those things, the, the, the demand. However, we look at, at job numbers and there's still, there's still a high level of demand for uh, employees. And, what I think you you start to see is how do companies keep the right people and how do they they say, I need somebody to do this, but I'm not I don't want to hire somebody who's going to be here for six months and then I have to retrain somebody to, new to, to backfill them. So so HR is kind of in this position where they need to make the application process, make the interviewing process, make the uh, data flow over uh, into HR as seamless as possible, because it, there are studies out there that show that if you have a bad application process, you will get 40% less applicants to a position that pays more money than another position because they go through, they click on it instead of three clicks to send their resume and apply for the position. If they have to go out and manually fill in information and, and, give references and, and all of those things that, you know, HR typically looks for during the interview process and the hiring process. If they have to do that right off the bat, the, they'll abandon it. They will 100% go to look for something that's an easier technology driven application process. So I, I, mean, I saw something interesting not long ago. I was at a small business and um, they literally had a right by their, their cash register. They had like almost like a notepad that you could peel and stick. That was like 10 fields to apply for a job. And I know that's, a, you know, it was a small business, but I thought that's actually kind of genius for what you're saying. Cause yeah, I think everybody's yeah. got job applications that are. I've seen QR you know, code applications. Yeah. 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 You, gotta, you gotta get creative now, right? Like whatever you can do, some of that stuff you can do after the interviewing process. Right. Yeah. And then you can get some more information, but yeah, just to get, you know, exactly applicants, you have to, you have to adapt to the times. 100%. And, and, you know, that's half the battle. The other half is keeping the people you have, right? <laughs> because that's, well, that's, the, that's the old thing, right? It's so much cheaper to keep an employee than to you know, train a new yep. one. I mean, when you add everything together, the loss of business, the time it takes that person to speed. Um, so that's still, that's still, that's always kind of been a thing. That's still, still the same. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So, and, and, you know, that's where, again, you know, not just HR because HR is, is a facet of, of C-level and ownership, but um, they, you know, that's from that side, it's offering different types of benefits. You know, yeah. uh, we, we, you know, we have a, we're very proud of one of our platforms that does, it's a giving and volunteering platform where it allows companies to give their employees the ability to donate through the company, through their paycheck, and then see where these donations are going to. Um, it's great for the company. It's great for the, the local community as well, because again, it's, it's giving back, um, you know, from, from a, a, 
a state perspective, there are companies that sponsor state, uh, you know, baseball tournaments and baseball teams and soccer teams and things like that. And those are all, you know, the ability to help underprivileged and the ability to help underfunded areas of the community. And, and again, that's all powered by employees. And from a millennial and Gen Z perspective, that's important to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's kind of a, a running joke, uh, I think, for, in a lot of HR circles, but pet insurance, these are just yeah. little things that, you know, are important now to people, PTO and, and flexibility on, on workforce hours. You know, there are some industries and companies that that you can't be flexible, right? You run three shifts. You can't really be too flexible on, you know, hey, you can just work, you know, halfway through this one and halfway through that one that you just don't really have that. But there are a a lot of companies out there that, especially with a remote workforce, if it's three o'clock and somebody has, you know, put in a full day's work, you can't get you can't get mad at them for them, you know, pulling off and, and going to pick up their kid or going to to run to the grocery store and start dinner a little bit early. Again, these are all things that from a, uh, a micro perspective uh, sh- uh, can be a problem. But from a macro perspective, if you're looking at somebody who's, you know, signing off at four o'clock, but they started at 830, you got to be able to give them that flexibility. Um, otherwise, you know, yeah. that's where somebody starts to go. Is this the company I want to work for? Yeah. Is this micromanagement something that I want to deal with day in and day out? So yeah. the the micromanagers out there, I think, are starting to to come up on their time of, hey, you know, I got to step back a little bit here. Otherwise, we're pushing people, good people out the door. So. Right. At the end of the day, you want to make sure they're, they're getting the job done. Um, and yeah. if you can meet them halfway. Um, Correct. I don't, I don't know for HR, I always hear different things like work-life balance or you're not, maybe you're not supposed to say that there's, there's different ways to put it, but yeah, I think flexibility <laughs> is probably the root of it. Correct. Um, that way, and know, and nobody great. wants to, nobody wants to, again, sit behind their desk and, and, you know, we, we, I, I used to joke that I've been in offices before where it's a nine to five job and, you know, you work, you're getting two hours worth of work done every day because you're talking to somebody in the next cubicle, you're running to get a cup of coffee. Right. Like now, you know, if, if that was okay before, but you were in an office, why is it not okay now that I'm sitting at my home and I don't have a commute and I get to, you know, go to the gym at lunch and, and I still get my job done and, and everything, you know, profitability is, we're still up and, you know, let's maybe let's, reduce some cost and getting rid of some real estate and, and offices and paying those bills. So yeah. again, all things that uh, an employee from that perspective keeps in mind when they're starting to consider, um, do I want to work here? Or do I want to stay here? Yeah. It's a, such an evolution of HR, you know, something to think about, um, you know, my kids and their teachers, like teachers don't just teach anymore, right? They have to be right. psychologists, security guards, mm-hmm. like they, they wear 50 hats. Well, HR is kind of the same thing. I mean, they always did wear a lot of hats, but yeah, with everything you're, you're talking about, I mean, they, there's so many more challenges. Um, <laughs> I think some HR people might take offense to you only saying that they wear 50. I think they <laughs> feel like they wear more sometimes. Yeah, probably probably yeah, understand all that. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and, and one other thing I would say, too, is, is, is technology, right? We, we talk about mm-hmm. work from home workforces. It's how, how did we get that in place, right? You know, there's obviously a cost behind it that, you know, getting WebEx and Zoom and whatever functionality that you're using and Teams and Slack and all of that. But 
you know, even the technology around making HR and their lives easier. Again, like during an applicant tracking, if you use paper applications, how are you getting employees during, you know, the recession or excuse me, during the pandemic? You know, if, if you're, you know, I, I, if I've talked to plenty of HR people that were like, I had to go in the office. Every, I was the only one in the building because I had to go get a file that was, you know, a paper file. I had to yeah. go get a stack of I-9s that, you know, I, I made sure that they were locked away and, you know, they were sitting on my desk, which isn't necessarily compliant, but, um, yeah. you know, they're sitting on my desk and, and we shut our office down because we thought it was two weeks and then it turned into two months and now it's two years. And, yeah. uh, you know, they, it, so there's, from that perspective, it's getting that technology in place because again, if you're hiring, even if you're hiring a, an in-person workforce, if you're hiring a remote workforce, a hybrid workforce, you have to be able to have that technology in place to not only gather that information, move it all over, keep everyone's lives easier. It eliminates time waste. And, and you know, that I think kills companies more than anything. I joked about coming into an office yeah. and only working two hours a day because I'm chatting at the water cooler and drinking coffee and grabbing a long lunch. If, if you're sitting down and, and, you know, going on an hourly rate, I just stole a ton of money from my company because I didn't do any work. And, and there it is. And, and that's, again, where uh, time waste and, and time management can, can be solved through technology. So the days of Excel spreadsheets and paper applications and doing things like that, they, if they're not phased out, they should be They're at least hopefully on a pathway to get rid of them because, it, again, it ends up being HR's, HR's nightmare and, and a company wasting time and money. So, it, yes. so uh, there you go. It is time to evolve, people, if you haven't already. Yes. It, it was interesting when the pandemic hit because you would have thought everybody was a little more technology logical technologically advanced than they were you would have thought everybody like businesses were all doing online ordering they weren't they are now they learned real real quick Um, it's it's when they're big clients when when you start to get that trickle down of hey our clients are changing we better change too otherwise they're going to move to somebody who already has (laughs) yeah exactly and i just want to mention so all these things we just talked about finding keeping talent technology updating your processes Uh, we're going to be talking about that with you guys on a webinar later this month yeah Uh, absolutely yeah, so we're really excited about that. If you're interested in that, all the details are at the PA Chamber's website, www.pachamber.org, um, and it is free to register. So we hope to see a, a good bit of you at that webinar, and you'll have an opportunity to hear some of the stuff in person and ask questions, and uh, we're really excited about that. Very much so. Looking forward to that. Yeah. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, I mean, you've, some of the strategic partnerships that I solved um, as has engaged in one with the one with us, the PA chamber and maybe some of the others. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I saw this very, very proud to, to be a partner with the PA chamber. And, and for us, we look at that as, you know, an opportunity for both uh, members of the chamber and for ISOLV, right. You know, we, okay. I saw from an ISOLV perspective, you know, we, we get to, I, I am in the Eastern half of Pennsylvania, but I cover the entire state. And I would love to to put the road miles on and, and visit every single company that's a member of the PA chamber. Uh, I would love to be face to face with every single one of them. But this is a way for us uh, from an ISOL perspective to impact and talk to a lot of companies and, and kind of shed light of, on what we hear and, and what we offer um, to a broader audience. 
And from a PA chamber side, I think it's, it's important. And, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Rick, but I think it's important for, from the, the chamber side to have your members be able to see what kind of options are out there and, and maybe what are other companies doing? Because I know that sometimes there's a disconnect from the, the 50 person company and the 5,000 person company. Right. You know, we often, I often hear that the challenges are, completely different and you know oh they they have all the money in the world they can just hire more people and and we're a 50 person company that that's not necessarily true um there are large organizations that run very lean and they want to find ways to again eliminate some cost and and uh, update procedures and technologies that especially from a 50 person company perspective it, it can be a burdensome cost. However, if it's going to allow people to get back to revenue generation, um, it right. is, you know, there's nothing worse for an HR person that, you know, they're in the middle of a project and they're trying to put an initiative that's going to maybe grow the company or, or uh, get them into a new emerging market. And then they get pulled aside to do uh, a payroll issue or they get pulled aside to do a termination issue or uh, a background check. And, and, you know, other, we talked about those 50 plus hats that they wear in smaller companies. It, it, that's where they get the, that's where they're wearing them more than the 50 hats because they are. And, and sometimes it's not an HR person. Sometimes it's the controller who's also the HR person. And, you know, that's where then it, it can put companies at risk. And from the chamber's perspective, you know, every single the, the goal, for, I think, for the chamber would be that, hey, we want to protect our, our organizations. We want to make sure that they're thriving and we want to make sure that the communities around them are thriving. So they're hiring local, they're hiring the uh, they're hiring Pennsylvanians who want to work and who want to profit and and encourage somebody to open up their own business and encourage somebody to grow their business and take the next step. And again, that's where I think the the partnership between you and I uh, and our respective uh, organizations is that we can help them do that. And and you guys will encourage that because, again, it, it always leads back to, hey, we're, we're helping the state of Pennsylvania and we're helping Pennsylvanians. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you have any like specific um, like success stories or examples you can share? Yeah, so uh, I, I have a, a great uh, success story from a, a manufacturing company I brought on uh, out near the Pittsburgh area, and uh, they had just won a, a brand new contract, and um, they had to go from their current headcount of 150 people to, uh, to 300, and uh, they needed to do it very quickly. So they, uh, they, they had a, a little bit older process as far as applicant tracking, as far as onboarding and their HR, they were doing a lot of, again, paper applications, Excel spreadsheets, and, uh, it, it ended up being something that they knew that they couldn't double their headcount without, uh, implementing some new technology. So, um, we brought them on board and I put a, the applicant tracking in place where they, now had access to over 4,000 job boards as opposed to just paying for one or two. Um, and it's ever evolving. We can always add more. We, you know, we are constantly updating that number from 4,000 to, to greater. So, um, and, and, you know, part of that is, you know, not only just finding those people, but then having that 
information seamlessly transition over to their onboarding and then their HR, being able to track interview notes, being able to communicate with their employee or their prospective employee. And then again, when they onboard, um, how are they going to be able to gather all that information without having to do a paper process? So uh, they, they were, they are thrilled. I've talked to them. Uh, the last I had talked to them, they were at 280. So very close to the number that they had aimed at. They, they started their project and um, they are still looking for a few people yet. And, and I, I was thrilled that we were able to, uh, that we were able to impact them in a positive way. So. Hey, Brad, I know a, a hot topic right now is diversity. Um, that's certainly something that HR folks are having to deal with. So yes, can you tell us a little bit sure. about uh, what you're seeing in the industry? Yeah, I mean, obviously, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DE&I, are, um, it, if they're not a focal point, they they very much so should be. Um, we, we look at the workforce a little bit differently than we used to, um, and when, when making a decision, especially around hiring, especially around promotions, uh, uh, you know, even, even on the other end, disciplinary, um, these are all things that can get a company in trouble. Uh, and more importantly, it should foster an environment to help, you know, the people who feel that they're on an underprivileged side and they feel like they have been in that position for a while, help them have, a, again, a larger voice in the organization, feel like they are equal to everyone else that is an employee of a company uh, or a prospective employee of a company. And, and really, it's helping organizations find ways to make sure that you're not just checking a box, right? You're, you're, you're fostering a truly diverse environment to help grow and, and give people voices that felt like they didn't have as loud of a voice as before. So uh, it, it is definitely a very, very um, hard topic to tackle sometimes, but it is a very, it, it's extremely important, uh, especially in the environment we are in now. And, and, you know, this unfortunately is something that should have been tackled a long time ago, but it, you got to take the first step and, and that's, yeah for a lot of companies is now, and, and hopefully a lot of companies have already taken that. So uh, DE&I is, is something that uh, it, it should be very important and high on a, on a priority list for, for a lot of companies. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank great, you very much, Rick. Yeah, this was a great conversation. We're so happy to have you as part of the PA Chamber. And once again, um, if anyone's interested in joining our webinar later this month, that information is on our website at www.pachamber.org. Thanks so much, Brad. Thanks, Rick. Have a great day. You Thank you for listening to the All Business Podcast from the Pennsylvania Chamber. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. With almost 10,000 member organizations, the Pennsylvania Chamber advocates for job creation and greater prosperity across the Commonwealth. Visit our website at pachamber.org to learn more about us, our members, and how to become part of the statewide voice of business. We'll see you next time.